Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Brown People Problems, a podcast where we chat about experiences of brown folks from all around the world, just on what it means and what it looks like to navigate life while being brown. Today with me, I have Urmi Hussain, who is a Bengali woman by blood and Italian by birth. Um, she's currently living in Canada and works in the financial services industry. She's a self-published author, speaker, blogger, polyglot, and a mentor. She wears a ton of different hats. Um, she's also the holder of the CFA charter. And there's more. She has a first book that she recently published, which is called Discovering Your Identity, A Rebirth from Interracial Struggle. Um, you already know this is going to be a good conversation because she really advocates for women's empowerment uh, and is very passionate about teaching and mentoring other girls and women. And she's also part of this organization called Women in Leadership for the Victoria Chapter in Canada, where she spreads the message of gender equality and more women in leadership positions. Welcome to Brown People Problems, Ormi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> I'm good. Thank you for asking. It's so lovely to have you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. You're joining us from Montreal, right? That's right. That's right. Well, welcome. We are, you know, I'm so looking forward to us chatting a little bit about, you know, just what your experience has been like growing up. I'm really hoping you can tell us a little bit more about your book as well. So I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about yourself and your journey for me. Yes, um, I feel like you already gave us a very like warm <laughs> introduction about myself. So everything you said, it's all, all about me. And uh, yes, my journey has been more a journey of a tour culture kid because I was born and raised in Italy. And my parents are from Bangladesh and never I was aware of this concept of being a tour culture kid, to be honest. I think I was having a conversation with another girl who is a Bengali American. She she's basically Bengali by blood and American by birth. And I remember she was telling me, Yeah, we are tour culture kids. And I was like looking up into like Google to find out what it, what it is about. And I realized that I actually identified myself a lot with this because we don't grow up with one culture. We don't grow up with two cultures, but we have a third culture, which is what we embrace to be. And so my experience has been that because all my life I lived in Italy. I grew up in Italy and I was very much surrounded by a lot of Italian people. I did not have brown friends at all, not even one, because I was like, according to my dad, I was like the first Bengali girl to be born in Italy. Mm. and so I did not have any brown friends all the people uh all the Bengali people that I knew were much younger than me because these were like the the generations after and so forth so for me it was a lot of a struggle because I felt like I was not belonging anywhere I did not feel Bengali I did not feel completely Italian because I was very, very much of aware of how I look like mm. and I didn't feel I was Bengali enough either because I was so much surrounded by Italian people that I was every time I was surrounded by brown people I felt a little bit like an outsider because I felt like my mentality was not really the same as the mentality of brown people so that has been a bit of a struggle in really finding mm -hmm. my identity and and then I just had this I would say like thoughts in my mind that I was like okay I just want to write it down somewhere so that's how the book came and that's where I talk about like my life in Italy and I make a contrast between being a brown person versus 
non-brown person I make a comparison between the Bengali culture and also the Italian culture yeah that's so interesting where in Italy is home that's a good question <laughs> because I was born in Sicily uh, Palermo and so I lived in Sicily for nine years and then we moved to the north so I was in um, I was in Milan oh yeah well, yeah, so even within Italy, there's been a lot of movement for you. Yes, we moved a lot within Italy. Like I'm summarizing and saying like we went from Sicily to Milan, but we went to other places before reaching like Milan. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And and for those who are listening who maybe aren't familiar with this term third culture kid, um, you know, sort of like how Ormi said, this is a term that's best used to describe folks who... Um, were raised in a specific culture that is different than their parents' culture or the culture of the country um, of their ethnicity, right? And then they also live in a different environment during a significant part of their lives and of their developmental years. And it really certainly does apply to you, right? So it's a mishmash of so many cultures. You've got the like the Bengali culture, the Italian culture, and now Canadian culture as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. actually funny before we like we jump into this like I also have a little bit of the English British uh, oh, yeah. influence too because at uh, before we moved to Milan when I was um, I think 13 we lived for a year in UK and that was my very first approach with brown community because UK has such a big community of brown people. That was my first time having actually Bengali friends hanging out with few Bengali people, going to school where we had Bengali people because um, in Italy there was not that many Bengalis and not at school I was the only one. I was the only person from like who had Bengali origins. And I remember when I went first to UK, I kind of liked that sense of belonging because I was like oh I can see people like looking like me dressing like me you know I could relate in a way with them uh so that was my first ever experience with like brown brown community I would say yeah for sure that's so interesting and you know that's also why you mentioned that you're a polyglot how many languages can you speak out of curiosity I I speak 4.5 yeah I'm, I'm working the five is the Spanish which I'm trying to like practice and I'm hoping that you know it becomes like five but yeah I I learned Bengali at home with the mother tongue and then I always say Italian is my adoptive mother tongue because I started to use it after going to school it's been the language I spoke the most with my sister and with my cousin um, and then there's English and then there's French and these are some of the languages that we have to learn it's called back in Italy yeah even French yes yes because of where because I was living in Milan so it was like Why? it was it was closer to to France and stuff like that so we had to learn it yes it's northern part of Italy yeah that's really interesting I had no idea that, that was true um so yeah wow certainly you can speak a lot of languages do you find it like difficult to switch between the different languages um a little bit, uh, because I I work right now in a French environment, mm. and so I'm always switching uh, languages. Because um, with the people I work with, I, I speak a bit of English, but most of my work is in French. But I also 
there are some Italian people in, at the workplace. So I'm always switching around the languages. So that's where sometimes I'm like, ah, I have to think a little bit. And then Italian and French are so similar. So I'm jumping around sometimes mixing the words. But I would say it was more difficult for me when I had to learn Spanish. That's when I was struggling because I was writing essays and I would always start writing in French at some point. I was like, oh, it's not making sense. Oh, so you can read and write four and a half languages. Um, it's not Bengali. I cannot, I cannot read it and write it. Yeah, still though, you're killing it. That's a lot. It's, it's of just a spoken one. It's the one that we learn at at yeah. home to communicate with our parents or family. Yeah. Yeah, and probably like in movies and TV and things like that. There you go. There you yeah. go. Yes. Yeah. Gosh, you know what you're talking about is such a typical experience, right? For a third culture kid, like you know multiple languages right you're familiar with many different cultural environments and your a lot of your childhood or young adult life looks like a lot of movement it, it was yes yeah, all around like the globe as opposed to someone who's you know born brought up and stayed in the same spot Yes, that's why I like to say now that I'm like a global citizen, because I just kept moving around, like even within Italy, then moving countries, like I always kept having around and I was not aware of it. Like I never made such a like reflection about it, but I did move a, a lot during my childhood. It's been very like, you know, chaotic in a way and hectic because I kept moving, changing cities, changing places. Um, so I feel like every single thing just influenced me. And so now when I think about it retrospectively, I feel like it was actually probably a good thing because I feel like now it just gave me a way to like be a bit more open and have a different perspective on things. So that's something that I feel like it's it's good in a way because you just you just don't see one world, you just see many worlds. Absolutely. I imagine that probably makes you like a really well-rounded person and it teaches you a certain type of like adaptability, mm -hmm. right? Like flexibility, like you're more of a flexible person. You can adapt really well to new environments and certainly sounds like you can look back now and say, yeah, you know what, this was, this helped me a lot, but I am curious, or maybe what was it like for you being a kid and having to move around so much? you know what the only thing that I probably I always felt sad about was the fact that I was changing school multiple times because mm. I think I changed school in my childhood probably four or five times while living in Italy because we were always changing cities and that was probably one of the things that I always felt upset for me not upset but I was always sad about it because I was like making friendship then we have to change cities so then I had to leave back all this friendship that I made with some people I am still in contact thanks to the social media and stuff like that with other people I just lost connection mm -hmm. and so that was the only thing that we were just jumping around from one place to another that I was always finding hard to like build new relationship and leave back the older relationship so that was probably the most difficult thing I would say mm -hmm. yeah because it sounds like you were constantly in motion right and yeah yeah, yeah and you just kind of have to adapt as you go and that requires saying goodbye to some relationships and and pushing yourself to form new ones in a new space but that can be tough and I often hear that as being you know this like key difficulty that so many third culture kids experience is mm -hmm. you know hey I wasn't really able to put my roots down somewhere 
Yeah, in a way, when I look back, like I see a lot of my high school friends that I'm in touch with, they they stayed in one place since they were born. It's the same house, same city, same country, okay? Me, it's not. I just kept changing. And in a way, I feel like they have a place they can call home because, you know, what they've been there forever. But I don't actually have a place that I call home because now my parents, they moved to UK. So I don't consider UK home. Um, Canada, I would say it's more like my second home, but I, I cannot totally associate to it. But if you ask me what I consider my home, I would tell you it's Italy. Yeah. And, and it just comes to me naturally for me to say that. But I just don't have a physical place that I can say, okay, this is my home. Because there is none. I, I did not stay to the, in the same house since I was born. We just kept changing. Yeah, yeah. I probably imagine it's more the, the culture and the people that feel like home when you think of Italy. Exactly. And that's exactly, that's exactly how I feel, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's maybe you may not have a home a house physical house to return to right but often as third culture kids a lot of us can carry this feeling of home with us and mm -hmm. uh, often you know the feeling of home perhaps even has to be anchored to ourselves because we've moved around so much and home is where we are in a sense but because you grew up in the Italian culture it really seems like and it makes sense that you have such a fondness mm -hmm. for it Yes, and because um, I was there this summer for vacation in Italy, I went to visit a few cities and and I was having a croissant in Rome and it, just the taste of it, it just brought back a lot of memories of my high school time. So it, it was making me very nostalgic, like really nostalgic, thinking back of this. And then I was, I came back and I was sharing with some of my high school friends and I was telling them that, you know, I felt very nostalgic about Italy, like just smelling the coffee tasting the food it just brought back a lot of my high school memories so I do feel very nostalgic time to time yeah I bet I bet it's the whole <laughs> experience of it yes exactly yes <laughs> yeah and you know for those listening if there's any third culture kids here it would be really interesting to see what their experience is, is like as well as they listen to you any type of like movement or immigration is difficult right uh, like in the best of circumstances and any type of sociocultural adjustment is difficult in the best of circumstances um and I'm, I'm curious what I have never been to Italy um, and I'm not super familiar with the Italian culture, but what, looking back, what do you think were similarities between maybe, you know, the, the Bengali culture at home and then the Italian culture outside? And what were the differences? Because we hear a ton of stories around, you know, the, the clash between the South Asian and the Canadian or the American cultures. But I am curious to hear about if there was any clash there. So I would I can I would share the similarities and I think uh, both the South Asian culture and the Italian culture they share the same values when it comes to like family and spending time with families and you know having gathering and having parties and going like you know a brown weddings is yeah. go go big or go home that's the same thing in the italian culture right. like they do have big weddings and they do care about you know uh being together with family spending time with family that's one thing that i felt like it's very very similar uh the love that we have for our food definitely for the south asian 
culture, you know, if you go to a brand, persons, how they feed you, like there's no tomorrow. And it's the same thing for the Italian culture. They feed you like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. And so those, those were some of the things I felt like it was, um, it, it was similar. Also the role of a woman. I feel like, um, mm. it, uh, yeah, I feel like it's like, yes, Italy is very like progressive, but back in the days, like, women still had that specific role of being like a housewife you just take care of like home and that's it and even in like this like South Asian cultures like that mm. and it was always like that it's still like that and I can see that in Italy it's, it was like that too mm. and some older like older generations it was like that and so as much as we think you know like you know we feel like it's just the South Asian culture being this way where women are seen a certain way. It actually applies to other cultures and I've seen it in the Italian culture as well. And so these were some of the um, similarities and in terms of like uh, clashes, well, there are like a couple of them because I feel like um, it, it is very like open-minded. So it's very like, it's very accepting to, to things, you know, like, marriages between you know different different uh, religions it's it maybe back in the days it wasn't so okay but now now it's like yeah you want to get married like with someone from another culture different religion it's fine like no one actually cares about it. whereas i feel like for Asian, it's a little bit more difficult it's a hurdle that you have to go through so much oh, yeah. uh that's, that's such a big hurdle i would say as a brown person so that's one of the things i noticed um the other thing that I also talk about in the book was um, the dating aspect because I saw all of my high school friends dating and they were so open about it. They would bring their boyfriend at home during, you know, Sunday for lunchtime, whereas for us, it's like forbidden. Forget it. Like, you can just dream about it. Literally, you can <laughs> dream about, like, mention that you have a, like, a guy as a friend that, that's it. The next thing is that you know is that they're, like, you're out of your home and stuff like that <laughs> um but in the Italian culture it's it's really not like that it's like much more accepting I would say mm. um uh what else uh, um other things that happened to me when I when I was a kid I remember that you know my all of my high school friends and this is something they could never relate to me they could never relate to me because they would like hang out after school they would go for a movie they would get together and do homework together and I could not I could not do it I was forbidden to, mm. to do any of these things even though I wasn't doing anything wrong but it was the perception behind mm. it just made everyone worry that oh what would people say if they like you know see you on the street like you're not supposed to be doing all this you're not supposed to be having so much freedom and this is something that none of my Italian friends could ever relate like they were like we just don't understand why like mm -hmm. why can you not you know and I was like I I wish I had an explanation but I don't I actually mm -hmm. did not have a proper explanation but they were very accepting about it they were like you know what we will adjust to it and we'll see how we can make it work mm -hmm. um so it was hard it was hard for them to understand where I was coming from it was very hard so that was probably one of the I would say biggest clash I would say mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's very much, you know, you go to school and then you come straight home and there's no pit stops in between. No, so exactly, exactly. So for them, it was hard to to get this or they would like, you know, meet each other on a Saturday, but I couldn't. They would come home late, but I couldn't. Uh, if I did, I had a curfew, which was 7 p.m. 
before dinner, you know, so it's like, okay, how much can I even do? Uh, so these were some of the difficult things, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. So very similar to the North American cultures, right? The the clash, right? But it's curious, a lot of the similarities too, right? Like you were mentioning, and I think as you were chatting, I remember I was uh, speaking to um, an Italian acquaintance and they were saying how it's actually very common um, at least within their family we're not going to generalize the whole Italian culture but it's very common for some Italian folks to after marriage live with their in-laws as well yeah. but they yeah so maybe like they will live in the basin maybe they'll have some separation of space you know not like us where everyone is all up in each other's space at all times but yes. it's not something that you found to be true yes it is true it is totally true it's it's so true it's still true in and I think it happens even in North America because mm-hmm. I also have some Italian co-workers who's um where basically the daughter lives in the first floor with her husband and the second daughter lives on the second floor and then the in-laws they go like on the last floor and it happens like that even in Italy so it's like we're not living all under the same roof but we're living under like in the same building so it does happen yes oh, yeah. yes that's curious yeah yeah that's very similar to like South Asian cultures right but at least there's a little bit of of space and of separation Mm -hmm. yes exactly yeah and that's you know like often the difficulty navigating um couple like two different cultures that are so different from one another growing up in two different cultures is such like a tug of war because you have one foot in home and one foot outside of home and that makes it really tough to stay grounded because you're being pulled in like two different directions all the time yes and that's that's literally how I I felt about it because because basically every time let's say I would go to school and I would see the people around me I was very self-conscious like super self-conscious about it I was like I don't look like any of these people none of it they none none of them has like dark hair like me none of them have like dark eyes like me they don't have like darker skin tone that was something that was always so conscious about it mm-hmm. but then the moment I would start speaking in Italian that sounds like okay but I am I feel very much myself around them mm-hmm. I feel very much same around them and then when I would go back home they, that was there was another clash there because I was like yeah I look like everyone else around me but the moment I start opening my mouth and I share things people were not okay with the things I was sharing because I was just way too I was very like western in a way I was like my mentality was very like westernized Mm. and so people were not always agreeing with the things I was saying because I wasn't I was way too open-minded for them Mm. Mm -hmm. and so that's what I was like I don't know where exactly to put myself that was my struggle like in what box am I fitting and I never felt like I was fitting anywhere. That's how I felt. For sure. That creates so much confusion, right? And and you were raised in Italy, was it the 90s or the early 2000s? 90s. I wish it was the 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a 90s kid. Yeah. So gosh, like 90s was a totally different time. And things are different now. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, um, I was raised in India in the 90s and then the 2000s, my family moved to Canada. And even when we moved to Canada, there was so much racial diversity here. So it never necessarily felt like I was the only one. 
So I know I speak to like a lot of folks and I have a lot of people in my life who are raised in like small towns or like small town America. And they were, you know, one of three brown kids in their school. And they've certainly had those experiences. I think we were certainly more lucky in Canada to have a little bit more diversity. But all that to say that even though I had a lot of diversity and a lot of people that looked like me and sounded like me, I still felt really disoriented, right? Because there's a new culture and a new space that you have to navigate. So I had a similar experience when I was in UK because I was like, oh, I find it there are people that look like me. But even though there are people that look like me who were born and raised in UK who, and you're thinking okay, they must have the same mentality as me, mm-hmm. I still had a little bit of struggle being associating and hanging out with them because I was like and my mentality is completely different I just still cannot completely feel like I belong to this group as much as I I enjoy because that was the thing my parents suddenly became super open-minded when I was I had Bengali friends they were like oh yeah 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 go out hang out and blah 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 mm-hmm. um, and then when I moved to Canada that's what I was like I feel like I can just be myself because I feel like there was a a lot of diversity mm. there's a lot of diversity so I could like you know assimilate myself integrate myself much easier without standing out but then I started to notice dif- some differences between Bengali girls growing up in Italy versus Bengali girls growing up in UK versus Bengali girls growing up in uh, in Canada like I I saw the difference I, I do see the it's it's remarkable the difference I feel like it's just in the mentality and the way you dress and the way you approach and the way people perceive it like I feel like at least in Canada it's a bit more some things are normalized I feel like you know it's like yeah you want to hang out with your friends come home late it's fine whereas in Italy and UK it's a little bit more uh, there are rules I would say because of this perception that people will see you will talk about you whereas in, in Canada I feel like it's a bit more normal Mm-hmm. yeah there's so much variability everywhere right like even there's more that intergroup like variability um, mm-hmm. that everyone's experience is different my experience as a brown girl is very different than yours and it's very different than the third person's right yes. that's supposed to show how much variability there is exactly exactly like you think every brown girl is the same but it's not there's so much differences and and I think it's like, I get, like me and you were so different for, for, for sure for each other, even though we're both brown, we went through the same thing, but I have that Italian aspect and you have that Canadian aspect and the Indian aspect, which are influencing a lot your mentality, the way you behave, uh, the way the way you do things and the same thing for me as well. And so we see things a bit differently. So I feel like at the end, we all experience different things. Absolutely, yeah. Which makes me really curious, How do you find a sense of belonging as a third culture kid? And I know that's such a broad and heavy question, but that's what I wonder about. That What has helped you if you are at that spot? But what has helped you feel like, okay, I'm this feeling of home or this feeling of belonging. I'm closer to it. So for me, it was first accepting myself for who I am and not seeing this fact that I have two cultures as a disadvantage, but more as an asset and my own strength. Mm-hmm. And and it was me accepting and embracing these two cultures and telling myself that both of them belong to me and I feel both of them equally. So that's why I never like to say I'm just fully Bengali 
because then I'm not seeing half of the stories. I always say I'm Bengali Italian, even though I'm not 50% Italian by by blood, but I am by birth, which still has a very huge impact. Um, and then for me, the second part was about being myself around the people that I have with me. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's, you know, because I never felt like I was comfortable enough with some people around me when I was growing up because I felt like I was always being judged. And for me, the most important thing has been that I just want to be myself mm-hmm. uh, around the people that are saying to be my friends. I don't want to be judged for the things I do. I don't want to be judged for the way I dress. I don't know. what I don't want to be judged for anything at all. And so that has been the most important thing for me to feel like I belong somewhere. Because I feel like if you want to be accepted by people, you want you have to make sure that you accept yourself first, but also that you're comfortable enough to be yourself around them. Mm-hmm. And so that has been the most important thing. Indeed, I also like cut people off from my life if I feel like I cannot be myself around them. And that's why I feel like my closest friends are Italian. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like they're not judging me for the things I'm saying. Mm. and I don't have funny enough I don't have Bengali friends I only have one and that's different from UK I only have one yeah so it's less about the the place and more about the people that helps create that feeling of home and belonging exactly and I also realized that all of my friends are actually most of them are also through culture kids and I never Mm. thought about it I never thought about it but when I reflect about it I'm like oh Okay, they're born in one place, they live in another place, like they were brought up in another place and they never paid attention to it. So maybe that's also something that brings us together. Yeah, the shared experience, the shared collective experience of being a third culture kid. And, you know, you may all have had different like nationalities, but the experience brings you together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The experiences brought us, uh, brought us together. And I also love how how much variety there is in my circle of friendship because back in Italy I only had Italian friends but now here I have a little bit of everything like I have a little bit of like Mexican and like Chinese and you know Korean I have a little bit of Costa Rican so I just love that diversity I love that I love that I have that yeah I love that too because yeah I think you're right that as kids when we're living under our parents' roofs, it can be difficult to find like a sense of like belonging and it can be difficult to really be like your authentic self, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's, it doesn't usually even develop to like later on, like in your twenties and thirties, you can say that you have an authentic self, but for third culture kids, there does come a time later on in life when you get to make your own rules and then you get to make your mm-hmm. own communities and you get yes. to have like your own adopted families. there you go exactly you said it all (laughs) yeah oh I love that um if there's any third culture kids listening third culture folks listening I'd be really curious we'd be curious to know about you know your experience of the sense of finding belonging and peace because often in terms of like mental health trends like what we notice the most with third culture folks is this high functioning sense of depression and anxiety that is often tied to not feeling like I belong anywhere, not feeling like I have a sense of community, not feeling like I can put my roots down anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. So that sense of like community is so, so, so important. Like we are social animals. We do need, we need to feel like we belong somewhere and we're part of something. 
Yes, yes, exactly. And I feel like, yeah, when you talk about mental health in South Asian community, that's still a taboo subject. No one talks about it. And yeah, if you are going through depression, they think it's just, you know, you're just sad, let's do something and then you will feel better the next day, even though they don't understand the need of like finding, you know, a therapist, going to therapy session and speaking about it to someone, which are very, very important to heal yourself. And that's another thing that I like I'm I'm pro like seeing therapies and you know doing therapy work but I just feel like this has been such a taboo subject in many brown communities that you know no one thinks as no one thinks about it as like an actual you know disease or as an actual something to cure no one thinks about it so that's also something that I think people need, need to talk about it more and more in brown communities and teach our parents about it <laughs> No, absolutely. And that can make it really difficult for a third culture person to say, right, that, you know what, I'm not really feeling like I belong anywhere, I need support. So Mm. a lot of, you know, those folks don't access support till much later on when they feel like, okay, you know what, I have a good career, I have friends, I have a good job, I got the right degree, but still something feels like it's missing, Yes. Right. And often that missing piece can be this, you know, like, uh, like a sigh, like, okay, I feel like I can settle myself here mm-hmm. in this group of people or in mm-hmm. this sense of community. So that piece is so, so, so important. Yes. And I, I do love this whole concept of communities because, and that's where my, all my volunteer works, uh, mm-hmm communities because I feel a sense of like belonging when I'm doing all these things because I have people around me who are working towards the same goal and people with who I can be honest and have all this like authentic you know conversation about things and I very much enjoy that because I feel like I belong to something and I can just be myself I think I love communities honestly if you can find a community of people like you I honestly highly encourage to join them I think these are great way to like you know socialize and feel yourself definitely yeah I love that because you know the truth in what you're saying is that we don't find ourselves in a vacuum like we find (laughs) ourselves in relationships and in communities and in relation to those communities and those people so communities are so important for that identity development piece yes I I definitely agree and especially because I feel like if you you know join certain communities of people like you you can start a conversation of how you feel and that makes you like more connected to the other person and maybe you you start finding yourself you go towards that direction that of like okay this is who I am this is you know who I want to be to the world this is how I want to show up to the world and I think that's so important when you're part of a community I just feel like you are developing yourself to who you're meant to be yeah I love that Yeah. And hopefully, you know, you sharing your passion for communities Mm -hmm. encourages like some listeners to evaluate if that's something that they want to, to look into. Right. Because Mm -hmm. yeah, it's important. We want to all feel like a part of something. Otherwise it's just, it's too isolating. Yes. Yes, exactly. I was reading actually today. I don't know where I was reading. I was reading something about us isolation and how like some there was like a research done saying like oh isolation is like worse than depression I don't know like people feel terrible when they're isolated and like it's so important that you find like people like you and you feel like you belong to a group I think that's so important 
Yeah, no, I, I think I know the piece that you're talking about, but isolation has been found to be the number one, one of the main actually causes for mental health concerns in the last couple of years, like since COVID especially, right? Feeling socially isolated is probably like the number one detriment to, to mental health and mental well-being, which then we know impacts physical well-being. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly why it can look so difficult for third culture folks, but finding a sense of community yes. can be very, very healing and very fulfilling. Yes, that's definitely. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, I, I really enjoyed talking to you about your experience or maybe a third culture kid. And even though there's certainly some differences in our experiences, there's certainly like a lot of similarities as well. And I really hope that those listening can perhaps even, you know, reflect on their own experiences mm -hmm. of what it's been like for them and hope that there's something that they can take away from this. Yes, some, you know, little nuggets. That's how they call it in Canada. Take some nuggets away from this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little nuggets of wisdom. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, folks, if you are interested in checking out Ermi's book, I will certainly have all of her links in the description uh, of the show in the show notes um, feel free to get in touch with her and thanks so much for being here thank you <laughs> yeah, perfect thanks everyone for listening in today and stay tuned for our disclaimer the guest and the host of Brown People Problems do not offer individualized therapeutic or medical advice and our conversations should not be interpreted as such. This podcast is not a replacement for therapy. This podcast exists for educational purposes only. Please consider your circumstances and engage with the content mindfully.